0: Hey guys, this is Tyler from Spoilers Only Please. And before today's episode starts, I just wanted to remind you that if you wanted to reach out to us, you can hit us at our email, spoilersonlyplease at gmail.com, or on Instagram at spoilersonlyplease. On Instagram, we post guessing contests for what movie we're doing next. We do uh, general questions. And if you want to give us a recommendation or ask us something, you can reach us there. So again, that's at spoilersonlyplease on Instagram. And at SpoilersOnlyPlease at gmail.com. And now, toss it to Tyler for today's episode. What (laughs) is up? This is Tyler, and welcome to today's episode of Spoilers Only Please. I'm very excited for you to join us once again. I am once again joined by my amazing co-host,
1: Tate. Hey there, my name's Tate Becker. I can introduce myself.
2: (laughs)
0: Can Arvin introduce himself?
2: I can't introduce myself. I'm Marvin Van Eyck and hello,
0: Riley. Can you introduce
3: yourself? Absolutely. My name is Riley Bradford. Um, I appreciated the cue, though. Of
0: course, it's what I'm here for. It's what I do best. Uh, today, we're going over a very exciting film. Something that I had been meaning to watch for a while and never got around to it, but now had a reason to, and that is what we do in the shadows.
1: Sing if you want to live long, they have no use for your song. You're dead,
2: you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, and out of this world. A fantastic
3: documentary,
1: true, uh, true story. I think
3: true story, absolutely true. Cinema no, veritable,
1: yeah, yeah. A uh,
0: little about this film uh, came out in 2014 and probably most well known for being Taika Waititi's sort of. I guess you can say like a mainstream or like more a wider debut for him.
2: Yeah. A lot of critical uh, reception and acclaim. And there's a TV show based off the film now.
1: Right. It's kind of like spawned its own little like cinematic universe or whatever. But I, um, this was a movie that went to the Sundance film festival, which is, that's also another fun fact Taika Waititi's first three features went to the Sundance Film Festival. Boy being the first, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and then Hunt for the Wilder People. All hmm. were Sundance films. Interesting. Yeah. So, the, yeah, this was like pretty well known, I think, when it came out. and I, I discovered it, like, what, two, three years ago, maybe, and um, just really, really loved it. And um, so I thought it'd be fun to do for this podcast, too. Um, cause I think it's interesting. I, I, am a big fan of mockumentaries. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, films like, uh, well, what's that one? Like eighties rock one. Uh, the- Spider-tab. Spider-tab. Yeah, Spider-tab. Spider-tab. Right. Yeah. Like movies like that. I've always enjoyed those. And this is like a very unique spin on that kind of, uh, parody of documentaries. And I always, it, it, and I think it's a particularly clever one, probably one of the, more original movies I've ever seen so
0: I think it's interesting as a mockumentary because like mockumentary as a genre I think leans itself to dry comedy and then this is also from Taika Waititi a New Zealand film and New Zealand is pretty well known I feel I mean like there New Zealand's a pretty common name when it comes to like countries that do well with dry comedy from like Flight of the Concords and stuff um so it's kind of interesting it's this blend of two groups that do dry comedy and it does it so well
2: yeah and another thing that I found interesting about this movie is correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like most mockumentary is grounded in reality, you know like sometimes things are exaggerated, but there's always some basis in
0: reality. And this was about vampires. Fully. Just all vampires. Pretty common, like, vampires just exist. Monsters exist.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I like the other yeah. monsters, I think, almost as much as... it Like, I, I would watch... I don't know if the show does this, but I would watch a separate movie about that pack of werewolves. That is pretty... And it also, I felt lended itself from like other comedies because their interactions for those of you who haven't seen it they they con- they run into these this pack this gang of werewolves a few times in the film they reminded me of the fight scenes from anchorman almost
2: <laughs> yeah
1: well i've got good news for you because there's a feature film of the werewolves on the way apparently no way. according to taiko IT. yeah it's called like Werewolves.
3: does it star I- Stu? oh that's the big. I don't question. know.
1: I I see. I don't know if they're gonna make it like about werewolves and Americanize it. Because I I by the way, someone I think Arvin mentioned the FX show. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's on FX. Um, it's a real. It, it's kind of a rehash of it, but it exists within the same universe as the movie. Hmm. So it's about some vampires living in a flat together. So similar in new york and the dynamic's a little different because it the man and the one of the one of the men vampires is married to the woman one and the other one is like you know like a mongolian warlord kind of thing but he's a vampire so so it's a different dynamic but it's essentially the same thing like similar jokes like having to be invited into clubs and not being able to see a reflection like all the stuff that the movie hits on um i the Second season just started. I think last week. As of what? What are we in now? April of twenty twenty. In the midst of still, still the the corona. Yeah, that's still a thing. So, lo- losing all track of time. Wash but...
2: your hands all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, wash your hands if you're twenty three hours a day. Uh, spoilers only, please. Official recommendation.
0: I think my favorite, like vampire gag that they had was flying. I just like,
1: <laughs> yeah. just the way they did it, like physically in the movie's hilarious. Too. I was gonna say co- it's so clear they're unwired. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the cops walking in on them and just staring as just one of them is just up in the corner of a ceiling staring down. <laughs> and then just the cops are hypnotized, they're just they move past it was I, I personally thought Peter was the and Peter or Stu were just the funniest characters I've seen in a movie in a long time.
1: you've also mentioned another thing, Riley. They're also doing a spinoff about the cops. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: (laughs) apparently they're going to do some kind of like paranormal investigation thing. And it's going to be the cops from the movie. I don't, I don't know exactly if it's going to be maybe be on like New Zealand TV or be like a New Zealand produced movie. Maybe we won't see it over here first or something, but, um, based out of America, by the way, audience, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, this, it does feel like it's a movie that can expand, you know? So I think it warrants a TV show adaption. I think adaptation, I think it's a, uh, so, you know, I think we hear about like, oh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite is getting an American HBO show or something. And we're like, oh my God, why not just watch the south korean movie you can get through the subtitles it's, on hulu. Like, you know, that, it's that, on hulu if you know it's on hulu right you that whole thing yeah, right that, that, that but that whole thing is i don't think it is totally valid for this kind of thing um i think the movie's great i've, I've liked it for a long time um and i do I, but i think it's something that can be expanded upon and it's like a good enough idea to to uh you know, become a tel- t- TV show. Or, I think
0: uh... that comes with, like, any time you create a piece of fiction where you take something like, you know, something like vampires, monsters, something mystical like that, and put it in the real world, your opportunities are just kind of, like, endless to... Because you can a- constantly ask your question of, like, how would they react to this? So, like, in the film, we see, like, how do vampires react to uh, the internet and, like, technology And you can keep just updating that, because now it'll be like, how would vampires react to, like, TikTok and stuff like that? Like, it's a never-ending supply of material you could work with, almost.
1: Right. Yeah, I see that. So what were were everyone's, like, general impressions this time around, just kind of, like, to go around officially? We'll start with, I guess, Tyler. Uh,
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So... I do enjoy dry comedy and it very much interests me how like dry comedy is so much like more common in English, Australian and New Zealand comic comedy, but I love this. It's very well written. It's such a simple premise, but I think it really nails down on that premise and really carries it well and provides a lot of just like small moments that are very funny. Like this is the, one of the few times I, I, have watched a comedy film alone and actually can laugh out loud at it. Cause I find a lot of times, even if a film is funny, I just won't laugh unless I'm watching it with people. But this film did that. Like I enjoyed it. It's such a great length. Um, and it's just like from the first image of Taiko Waititi coming out of a coffin, I was laughing.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty funny scene. Uh, just a inserted fun fact. Again, I, I've, watched like the behind the scenes interviews with like Jermaine Clement and uh Taika Waititi who they co-directed it together and had actually previously made um I think it's uploaded to YouTube but what we do in the shadows like interviews with the vampire thing um that was like just something they did on their own um and like a self-funded for fun project and I think they got this movie picked up from that because it was such a funny idea. But for the movie that we all watched for the podcast, they shot over 400 hours of improv footage. Oh God. Wow. So like, they would just say like, this is what's going to happen here. And they would just react to like, you know, they're on wires or whatever. Like they would just, they planned that, but they, it's kind of like how they shoot Kirby Enthusiasm, where they're like, this is where the scene starts. This is what needs to happen by the end of the scene. And they just roll with it and improv so that's kind of how this this uh, you know it was it was like strung together almost like it was a real documentary so I think that's part of how it sells it and I guess since I'm already talking I'll go ahead and just say i I didn't feel like this is probably my third or fourth time watching it I can't I didn't like it as much as the times I had seen it before I don't know maybe just because it might not be that rewatchable of a movie for me, or maybe because I've watched the show and I've seen kind of how that's expanded upon it. You know, I think there's some things the show does better than the movie, but that's not really what the podcast is about um, or today. Like we're talking about the movie. So I, I like it. I think it's, it's one of my favorite comedies of all time, I'd say um, just because of how unique it is. And I'd, I'd honestly love to see more, content like this coming from filmmakers like Taika Waititi or just in general so
0: yeah Arvind we'll it to you what did you think of it okay cool
2: what did I think well it's been on my list for I think forever now just about forever just under forever so I've been wanting to watch it for a while but um I feel like every single person I know has already seen it before and was like, nah, I think I'm good. Like, I'm not gonna watch again like, unless... okay, cool. So I just kind of avoided watching it until this morning, actually. I watched it this morning. And Taika Waititi is a delight to the senses. He is hilarious. The timing of all the comedy is impeccable. It's just a fun movie. Um Stu's a champion. <laughs> Stu's a champion, and I would love to see a spin off movie just about data analysts.
3: I have got the best fact about Stu Please, that I learned I'm after watching it his you. film. He was Taika Waititi's roommate for a little bit, who slowly got into film, but is an actual like IT guy. And they were just like, <laughs> "You'll have a small role in the film," but like Tate said, they shot like over four hundred things of it. And like slowly through filming, he gave an interview where he's just like, "I realized that I was a major player in this film," and he's not an actor. <laughs> he's like very much, very much just. Taiko ITD's friend, who's an IT guy who was on set to do IT stuff.
0: It's like something that we would have done, like our first year, or sophomore year.
3: Oh yeah, and to dive deeper into that because I think that really like speaks for my thoughts on the film. I thought it was the smartest casual comedy I have ever seen, and that like there's that element of so unscripted, so improvised, so uh, raw, and just like them having fun, but also and talking with people after watching it and also the more I've watched it, I really like vampires and stuff. Um, a lot, like the, the main four characters are very much each representative. Uh, and this is something someone told me, um, of different vampire stereotypes that have existed throughout time.
0: Yeah. Like I noticed that
3: from Peter to, um, like Peter being the oldest with Nosferatu. And then, um, what is the name of the young, young guy, not the one that gets turned into a vampire, but who gets turned in by Peter, um, um, I'm awful with names.
2: Uh, something with a D? Deacon?
3: Deacon. 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 Yeah, Deacon. Deacon. And Deacon are representing like the Twilight ish vibe. And then the youngest, like, guy that gets turned early on being full on, just like, you know, sexy vampire talks about it all the time. And they each represent like a different genre, like, era of vamp- vampire thought. And I thought that's so cool to just create such a great world and then let talented actors just play in it for. What- yeah, hours. Four hundred hours.
0: One of my favorite jokes related to that is how one of the vampires, Vlad, um he's supposed to be a parody of Vlad the Impaler, but instead he's Vlad the Poker.
3: Oh, it's fantastic!
0: <laughs> so they have this great moment where they get introduced to Facebook, and Stu is like, "Oh yeah, we we can we can poke her on Facebook," and Vlad just <laughs> like stares at the camera, and he's so excited. It's such a like it's moments like that. It's such it's such small things like that that really build together and make the film so funny.
3: There was one moment where there one of the vampires is falling has fallen asleep looking at a computer, and on the computer is just a video of a sunrise. Yeah, they watch a sunrise and they're so excited. Oh, it made me laugh so hard.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of like interesting fun facts surrounding this movie, like Taika Waititi's like said he based his character around his mother because and you can kind of see that in where like he's running around the house and then like yeah like deacon falls asleep at his computer watching a sunrise and then like he leaves the curtains open so he comes in and like closes it he's like deacon are you crazy you almost killed yourself you gotta you gotta be more careful you gotta get more sleep And he like takes him to bed and like basically tucks him in i i just thought it's such it's just such a smart idea and and like you know stuff like that i guess i'm assuming they just got like one interior location and just like ran around in it for like a while um i i don't know i i just you know these are the kind of ideas i wish i would have sometimes you know
0: it does like i'm i don't know what the budget of the movie was but you know they're like you were said there's not many like sets you know things were either in that house or like on the streets of wellington
3: Mm-hmm. the budget was $1. 1. 1.6 million.
2: That's so awful.
1: right. And, and what I said earlier is it was probably funded partly you know by whoever wanted to after they probably shipped around their like temp version which I've never watched in full. You know, um I I don't know. I just I think there is there's so many like um nuanced little like jokes about vampires that are just so like because you know I haven't seen Twilight but a lot of people have and they make fun of Twilight in there like Riley was saying they make fun of like the classical Dracula era you know Nosferatu looking vampires they you know they make fun of like vampire hunters and one thing I noticed it took me my third time around to notice this i don't know if any of you guys have seen the newer jumanji movies the guy but like the juman yeah the jumanji guy that's like welcome to like that was the lead werewolf dude who also is in hunt for the wilder people and i'm assuming he's like good friends with taiko Waititi because like i i never recognized him when i watched this movie and i just i thought that was interesting like Seeing probably you know this is probably one of his earlier career movies. I think this was like 2011. This was Um,
0: 2014.
1: Oh, 2014! Wow, Hmm. so a little more recent than I was going to say. I thought thought the support.
3: This this was yeah.
1: I thought the supporting
3: cast was also just fin. Like it was just everyone in the movie was so funny. The um the familiar, for one of them who is she's a popular actress. But just her constant, like, attempts to to become immortal. And he's just like, no. And also, this like, again, like Tyler was saying, the small things. I, every time they were, said the word, baghetti. Biscotti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we went, I thought we were getting biscotti. And I was just like, this is just killer. Like, they, the casting of this film was just a masterclass.
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of this film and I'm glad I'm glad we picked it up. Tate, you said
0: show. that you've watched this film multiple times, and I do think this is a film that like mm-hmm. lends itself to being able to be viewed more than once because there are so many like small jokes, small things that you may not get the first time. Uh, which I think mm-hmm. is like good for comedies, because comedies are so often rewatched. So if you have a comedy that in of itself just feels very natural to rewatch and you constantly rediscover things like it, it just makes it, it lends itself so well to that idea.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, like I said earlier, I, I don't know if it, maybe it's just because I remember it always and hype it up and, and remember it is funnier than it actually is in my, like it's funnier in my mind than it is in real life, even though it's still a very hilarious movie. I, I don't know. Maybe I, it was just like I wasn't in the mood to watch a movie or something uh, when I watched it yesterday. But I, I don't know. I thought I thought every every time I watch it, you're right. I do notice like new jokes and stuff like that that I don't before. And there's always parts that I get to like revisit because I forgot about them. Um, but I, I think it's like both a very visual movie and a very well-written movie. You know, um, there's like clear improvisational bits that were like thrown in there and then there's like obviously the ones where they're on wires or like throwing up like a a fire hose of blood like that were planned ahead of time they can't just like whip that out on set Um, obviously so I I think that the it's like a huge giant balancing act of different types of humor um, and all fitting within the documentary mockumentary genre just makes it so unique of a movie and I, I think it, this was kind of like the launching pad for uh, Taika Waititi's career. Jermaine Clement was already pretty well yeah, known. most people know time. him. From
0: uh, he, he was... uh, most people know him from his role as Nigel
1: yeah, in he Rio. Was in...
2: he was also in. He um, Oh really? Oh, what's that movie? Moana. He's the giant crab in Moana.
3: He's also
1: my favorite. Film, He's also Schmucks. the villain. Villain in Men in Black Three.
3: What was that, Riley? He was in Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah, sorry. One of the ultimate, yeah, yeah, okay. the ultimate films. Um, I watched that a week and a half ago. It's a good time. He actually, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, or his um, Google thing now. He's been in, he's been doing very well.
1: Men in Black 3. Uh, right, because he had the HBO show, yeah. Fly of the Concords, which I think Taiko ITD actually directed a few episodes of. I think they've been friends for a while, just knowing each other through, I guess, what the New Zealand comedy scene is. Yeah, part of the Concords, really Um, was that
0: thing that just, like, propelled that New Zealand comedy and, like, further extended dry comedy, and I always wonder, like, dry comedy, like, comes so natural to Australians, New Zealanders, and the English, but yet for Americans, like, we don't respond as well to dry
3: comedy. I think it, I mean, I think, I think it's a culture thing, because... Like Tate was saying with Spinal Tap, you know, in the 80s and 90s, Christopher Guest was killing it with these dry comedy mockumentaries. And I think America's very much a trendsetter when it comes to a lot of culture. So, you know, it gets to these places and then they start reinventing it and doing it in new ways. And it's, there's a resurgence now. I don't know if you have, y'all have seen Hannah Gadsby's stand-up special, but she's from New Zealand too. And I thought it was like, the tone was just so similar to this film. Yeah.
0: And people, like when that came out, so many people, especially Americans, hated it because they were like, this is not comedy, Like, this is not what stand-up comedy is, and everyone was like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I think, you know, we get all these Will Ferrell comedies and stuff like that, and and movies like this are kind of refreshing to me, honestly. Like, I, I like going and seeing the, you know, once every three years, Kevin Hart, Dwayne Johnson comedy, or whatever. But... You know, it's not every day you come across a movie like this that's like clearly has a lot of care put into it. I think that's one thing that can be said. I mean, I, I if you're cutting down 400 hours of footage into an hour and a half, I think it speaks for itself that you were very motivated to get a good I mean, think done. of like
0: what, Riley, to what you were saying about like how Americans handle dry comedy, what we do with The Office. The Office was British, very dry comedy, and then we adapted it. And that's like I like in later seasons it kind of disappears, but like that's like when I think of American dry comedy, we turn into like what we made The Office. Where it's definitely not dry comedy, but for us, where it's like boring and mundane.
1: Tyler, I think we just lost half our viewers for you insulting
2: I, the US. I am just authors. gonna say it The Office is a fine show, but people need to find a new show to obsess over. Same with friends. Oh, I'm, God, sorry. I'm sorry. I know that's.
1: I think. No I know yeah, Arv, Arvin's relationship
3: with TV <laughs> is very rocky.
2: That's true. I don't like TV. Riley, say that again. You like said something.
3: The people behind The Office writing wise, literally, I'd say, like, each probably got their. It, the same way it happened with The Sopranos. Um, they each got, basically, after The Office had their own show. Like, they built NBC's entire roster right now. So I think, I think it got overrated through time, but I think it's probably the most influential show since at least The Sopranos when it comes to television writers and showrunners.
0: I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's fair.
1: I wouldn't fight, agree with that. i wipeout um Wipeout. Really what about American Ninja Warrior? TV? Well, I think Wipeout. No, no,
2: no, no, no. The no, 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 no. original Ninja Warrior. No, no, if we're talking about what part.
1: paved the way
0: for American Ninja Warrior... That would be Takeshi's Castle and the American adaptation Most Extreme Elimination Challenge that aired on Spike TV.
2: Oh,
1: I remember that one. Yeah, but Wipeout was just... To- Dude, Wipeout had like several... Oh, he oh it to you're it. Yeah, he did. Show me, show me the Ninja Warrior games, okay? I'm sure there are some now, but like back in the day... Yeah, never know. So.
0: Also, side note...
1: if I, d- I do know...
0: If you're I a fan of Jermaine Clement, I have good no- good news for you because he is supposed to be in Avatars Two, Three, Four, and Five.
2: Which is just insane that they're even making more than one avatar. So
1: if, if you're, if you're a fan,
0: good news because between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty seven, we will be getting more Jermaine Clement.
2: A lot more. And I don't. James Cameron just needs to stop.
3: <laughs> I think <James> at <laughs> just, this point, talked about Avatar too. Like, when did Avatar come out?
0: Like two thousand eight, like two thousand nine, somewhere
3: around and there. The year after that, he's been like Avatar two. It's coming your way. Just you wait. I just think you he, wait. Just I he, who a loved
2: of- Avatar that much, though? What? Who really cares about Avatar, especially now? No one. No one. No one. Nobody. I. I just. I. I think there are a lot of people who made great movies in the past. James Cameron is an example, but now he's just on Avatar,
0: and it's just like you need to stop.
2: Nobody cares anymore. Please stop.
0: I think he pulled the that excuse that was like, I have to wait for technology to catch up with my vision.
2: Okay. I will say the technology that went into making the first avatar is pretty insane.
0: It is. And that was like, his excuse was like, he had to keep waiting because technology hadn't caught up yet. And I think he pulled the same thing off again, as well as having to fund a movie that was going to be like billions of dollars.
2: Yeah. Well, they're filming two and three, like
0: simultaneously. I think. I didn't know they were going up to five though.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah, yeah, are yeah. on a tangent. Um, going off a tangent off this tangent real briefly, like to go to the opposite of James Cameron. I don't know if people are familiar with Steven Soderbergh, um, who in the past few years has insisted on just shooting everything on his iPhone, but he is now in charge of the director's guild's attempts to make a plan for after coronavirus. So movies are about to be a a lot cheaper.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, we're all just shooting
3: on phones now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, You can make any, you can make a movie on an iPhone. You don't need anything else film majors discuss
3: i hope not i (laughs) spent a lot of money learning how to not do that
0: i like nice big camera make me feel smart
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh my
0: god there's that there's this photo of when riley and i were in la and we shot something and there's this one nice photo of me like in front of the red camera And truthfully, I think I was just, like, pressing buttons to see if something would happen. But that photo makes me feel like I'm actually accomplishing something.
2: (laughs) And real quick, because we're just doing tangents, I'd like to give an update. Um, Last episode, I kind of ranted a lot about having to sign up for an HBO account um, and get the free trial and how I had to cancel my free trial, blah, 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 blah. And... um, I forgot to cancel the free trial, so I paid for a month of HBO, and that's fine (laughs) and dandy, except HBO is free for the month of April. So um, I'm really upset, honestly, and I guess I'm going to enjoy HBO while I have it.
3: How much is a month of HBO for those? Like
2: $15. Okay. That's still... That's $15 too many.
3: I Agreed
2: considering I didn't want HBO, considering I wanted to watch one movie. I hated the one movie I watched on it.
3: What movie did you watch? There's I can send you. Hellboy some- 2019. Oh yeah, that's fair. I was going to say a great movie that relates to, to pandemics, uh, to plug a normal heart starring Mark Ruffalo and, um, Matt bomber. It's about the mm-hmm. eighth crisis.
2: Mark Ruffalo is cool. I'll
3: give yeah. you that. And Jonathan Groff, if you like him. I don't so
2: know who that cool. is. Oh, I do like Jonathan Groff.
3: He's a delight.
2: Could you tell me what he's been in?
3: Uh, yeah, he Frozen. <laughs> uh, Frozen 2. And then if you watched Glee, he played the seminal role of Jesse St. James, a character whom I based my personality off of. Also, I- Mindhunter.
0: Like,
2: I hate that. I hate that you based your... Whatever.
0: Um, on the note of uh, Jonathan Groff, Riley, I know you've been watching Glee. So, what else have you been watching?
3: I, I'm really i'm I'm trying to rack my brain on what I have been watching. Um, oh, I know what I've been watching, and I'll absolutely plug it. Um, in the summer of 2018, I was barista <laughs> at a cafe, and I saw someone at a camera. And I'm the type of person who compliments a camera without knowing what it is. So I said, "Hey, man, nice camera," and we got into a conversation about film. And was, I told him I was studying it and wanted to be in it. He was like, oh, do you want to be a production assistant on this set? A uh, few, you know, short, long story short, I ended up being a props assistant on this movie that came out Friday, Sella in the Spades, which you can catch on Amazon Prime. It's a delightful film about drugs in high school and Barry Jenkins and Ryan Johnson both tweeted about it when it came out. I'd say give it a watch. It was also did a you, you fool. Very much, very much. Did very you
0: tweet different. at Barry Jenkins, hey, did you like how those drugs looked?
3: um i should for those of you listening i was the person who made the fake or i my boss like told me what drugs to make and then i just make drugs in a cubicle and then bring them to set and they like, drugs.
2: Oh, okay. please specify that they were fake <laughs> drugs please specify that you made fake drugs
3: i made fake drugs but one fake. craft store that i was getting stuff at thought that i was making real drugs
2: it was a craft store
3: what <laughs> i was buying <laughs> plastic bags Lockbox and then some locks, and like, yeah, they weren't happy. And a big tub of
0: glue, but that was for something else.
3: (laughs) That was tough. Uh, Arvid, Uh, what have you been watching? watching?
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know you posted this week's (laughs) episode now, right? Well, you
3: asked me. I wanted to be nice. Well, (laughs) I, uh,
0: my family and I have, um, we started watching the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Oh
1: my God.
0: I I watched that first one, and it's very good. Like, Holds up. Had you never long. seen it? No, I never saw it. <laughs>
1: Did you read the book? It's... The first movie?
0: No, I never yeah, saw the first one, but it, it is quite good.
1: Yeah,
0: that movie's um, great. For television, I recently finished a classic for me. I finally finished Adventure Time. Um, after years of just like not getting around to it, I finally finished it. It's very good, it's a very good show. I, like I, my take is that adventure time was the most influential cartoon of the 2010s and that's a much long, longer tangent but i'm just very happy i got to say goodbye to a show that meant so much to me growing up deep
2: i'm gonna Harvey, steal what about you take, Ken? oh you're just going to give it to me anyway that's awesome um okay so there's an nbc television show called chuck um,
1: I thought you meant the office.
2: No, and it has a lot of Subway product placement. Like every few episodes, they just talk about whatever Fresh Fit Footlong was popular at the time in 2010. Um, it's a comedy show. It's a action comedy about a guy who works in like a Best Buy essentially, who is a secret agent. Um, that's been fun. My family's ago we stopped watching it then we started watching it out of the blue for no reason so i've been watching that i what else have i been watching oh final fantasy 7 remake is out i don't know if anybody's aware of that. i it's wish i could play amazing. that final you should just buy a playstation to play it everybody who's listening buy a playstation play this game final fantasy 7 was one of the top 10 best, best video games of all time and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. Actually, my sister has uh, one,
0: so if I actually have money, I might swing for that.
2: There you go. Or, just buy Final Fantasy 7, the original. The original's like $10. Bucks.
0: You're okay. It's not as pretty looking.
2: But, I wasn't trying to say that I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy, but that is true. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy. But there was a animated Final Fantasy 7 movie that came out in 2005 called... Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And if you are a fan of Final Fantasy VII, you will be a fan of this movie. It completes Cloud Strife's story arc in a beautiful way.
1: Wow. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, that's it for me.
1: Well, um... Tate? Yeah, so... This week... I haven't been watching anything. uh, Really. I have really just been playing video games, honestly. I, um, I've, I've been replaying the Uncharted series. I don't know if anyone is familiar with those. Um, currently on the fourth one, the last one, and having a lot of fun with that. Um, I, I I did start watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, the show, which I've been enjoying because they kind of uh finally took off from the landing pad that the movie gave them of of jokes. So they've gotten more original with it and started running more with the supernatural kind of stuff, which is funny. Um, and then, yeah, I'm still working my way through Your Enthusiasm.
0: All right. Sounds great. So do we have any final thoughts on what we do in the shadows? Personally, I loved it. I think, um, everyone should check it out, especially to branch out into different forms of comedy. Um, and I'm probably going to start watching the show at some point just to see, like, how it translates to television, an Americ or more American audience, because mm-hmm. I I really like this movie. Tate, what about you?
1: I, you know, I think you can uh, watch just I think you can watch uh, the show on Hulu. I think if you have effects or I don't really know, I my family just got Hulu, so I don't really know how it works yet. But that's how I watched the two new episodes of season two, so. I I recommend that. But Final Thoughts, uh, again, this was like my third time watching it or so, and I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a great time. Again, um, highly recommend it to anybody who's never seen it, especially never heard of it before. And since this is spoilers-approved podcast, I hope you didn't listen to the whole thing before deciding to turn it on. But um, if you did, I promise we didn't ruin all the jokes. So definitely recommend for new-time viewers – um, and worth revisiting if you haven't seen in a few years.
2: I'm taking it now. Riley, I'm sorry. Um, fantastic movie. I'm really sad that I waited this long to watch it, especially when everybody I know has been ranting and raving about this movie for years. It lives up to the hype. Um, try to watch it with a group because it's not available on any streaming service for free you have to you have to rent it you have to pay money actual money to watch it so maybe try to watch it with a small group of people who you know do not have the virus and sit at least six feet apart from each other um and no sharing food or drink
1: right right uh, riley yeah
3: absolutely i rolled out of the bed on the wrong side this morning And very few movies can get me out of that, but this one did. So I think that speaks very highly to it as a comedy. It's just, it's one of those movies where you don't feel the length at all. You just want to live in the world as long as possible. And there's, there is like, you know, like we said, it is 400 hours of footage. So like the plot is very much was made partially in post, but you know, there's a structure, but you're less, you're so less concerned with narrative or anything like that. And you're just, you just want to like learn more about these characters and see like, them at a club and them eating french fries and stuff like that it's just so it was just so fun it was a fun movie to watch
1: yeah and just a little bit of inspiration to actually watch the show since this is a spoilers podcast I will say that maybe some familiar faces will show up at some point in the show
0: Oh, if it's not Stu I'm not watching it
1: well you'll have to watch to find out
0: Stu could really have his Trilogy,
1: his own Marvel Cinematic Universe. If we're I being think honest.
0: James Cameron should have invested five movies into Stew Milano. Would
1: have been much four better than Avatar. You
0: and three, Avatar three, four, with the five. same amount of money, the same prep, but just on Stew.
1: I would like to end today's episode uh, with a final comment from me, saying uh, earlier uh, Arvin talked about uh, trying to stop James Cameron. I just want to say. You can't. You can't stop what hasn't even begun yet.
0: <laughs> James Cameron. Why do I wish I
1: could? <laughs> he is an animal, a movie monster. And well, um, nope. who I wants to least good. awkwardly end it, End the episode. Who wants to end the episode?
0: I'll take that.
1: Now it's awkward. Now it's yeah. awkward. No, okay doctor. so let's
2: just just cut it off just cut it off just bye i don't want to cut it no off. no no just cut I it off i'll say bye tyler Tyler, I'll say tyler bye, and then you just cut it
0: i'll say goodbye farewell and thank you for joining us today and we hope to see you again next week